The Women of Color STEM Conference presents Solutions Fireside Chat. Leaky Pipes and the Women of Color Executive Leader Accelerator Program, a professional development seminar. Featuring CEO of Sealy, Anita Estelle. This session addresses barriers precluding the advancement of women of color to the C-suite. Two trailblazing C-suite level presenters will discuss findings associated with leaky pipes, including those factors that impede executive advancement and introduce participants to Wosella, the Women of Color Executive Leader Accelerator Pipeline Partner Initiative. Wosella is a prototype college-age recruitment retention, and advancement intervention that will place at least 250 high-potential professionals on the path to the C-suite over the next five years. Session attendees also will be invited to share narratives, insights, lessons learned, and offer suggestions to help inform prototype development prior to program launch in 2020. The exchange will also inform solution development of a customized program for mid-managers. Without further ado, the Women of Color STEM Conference presents Solutions Fireside Chat, Leaky Pipes and the Women of Color Executive Leader Accelerator Program, featuring Anita Estelle. Thank you. Ah. Hello. Thank you, everyone. Can you hear me? Everyone hear me? Uh, good afternoon. I'm glad to be here. Uh, what an exciting day. I, I, thank you for that kind introduction, Norma. Norma's become my best friend. I, I wear two hats, like all of you. We're, we're women of color, so we do it all, right? And so you might look and you'll see behind me a superwoman uh, cape that's a little tattered and worn, and it should be retired, but uh, I'm still wearing it uh, and have it on today. Uh, the reality is, is in addition to Sealy, and I, I began the Sealy work in 20, well, well before 2016, and incorporated the nonprofit in 2016. But I'm a pioneer in Washington D.C. I'm the first Black woman to be hired by a white firm as a principal owner uh, of the firm in 1993, after I left the Clinton administration. And before I worked for President Clinton, I was in the House Appropriations Committee, worked for a man by the name of. Congressman Lewis Stokes, and we built, we funded NASA, NSF, Department of Defense, and every federal agency. So many of, much of the money that you get from some of these defense contractors, I helped make happen. We also helped make happen many of these educational programs that some of you have experienced. We fund Pell Grants, the Lewis Stokes AMPS program at NSF, MBRS at NIH, Mark at NIH, and the list goes on. I wrote the 8% set aside for NASA and EPA at the age of 28 to require them to do more contracting with minority businesses. I'm only 29 now. <laughs> and President Clinton got rid of that 8% set aside uh, when he came into office. So I've had a long, I'm a pioneer. I made history at the age of 22. I mean, sorry, at the age of 30, at the age of 32 uh, in the private sector. And I've been a lawyer since I was the age of 25. So Sealy is not my first rodeo show. Uh, but it is a way for me to take what I've learned and I've seen and I've witnessed. I've been an advisor to national leaders, to governors, to mayors, to presidents, to members of Congress, to Rosa Parks, to Danetta Cole, to Lily McNair, to Norma Clayton, 
I represent Spelman College. I represent Tuskegee University. I have a company. It's full service government relations. This is the other thing, okay? Like I said, I do more than CLE, but it all is a reflective of my experience um, and my commitment uh, to issues that aligned and require disruptive thinking, okay? Is that helpful? So it's not just a nonprofit, it's a culmination of, lot of life's work as a pioneer. You good with that? Uh, Norma is my partner in everything that I do in, in this space. And I, um, you know, I've worked in the international sectors. And I'm so surprised to see so many women of color. I, I have been a science enabler. We have written these laws. We know that a good piece of Lockheed's money comes from the federal government, about 78%. That's what I learned as an appropriation staffer. And it's so good to see what they're doing with it, right? Because when I meet with certain members of Congress, I was uh, uh, sharing a story with Carl. I took Julianne Malveaux to meet with the chairman of the Committee of Energy and Commerce when she was the president of Bennett, because we just don't know where to find the talent. Here's Dr. Julianne Malveaux with a PhD from MIT, and this white member is gonna say, we She's like, well, let me help you. If any of you ever seen Julian Malveaux, you know she took the opportunity and tried to seize it. So here we are, there's so much talent. So I'm in a quandary. You know, I don't understand why more of us aren't getting into the C-suite. And so that's why I've taken on this issue of leaky pipes. And so these are the issues that we're gonna talk today. We've done the welcomes and introductions. We're gonna have an outlook uh, in terms of the demand for high potential talent the forces at play, public policy, intersectionality, leaky pipes, and research findings. And then we're gonna to move to solutions because all the research out here tells us what the problems are. We've been researched more than any other group. I'd be glad, so when I started looking at this research, because I had more time when I left my position as an equity owner of the fastest growing law firm in the nation, I had time to come out and say, okay, what's going on here? Because I'm not holding up their sky anymore. Let me figure out how I can hold up the sky that belongs to people like me. And so I saw all this research and I'm like, but where are the solutions? All of us, whenever there's a problem in any enterprise or organization where we work, if there's a problem, what do we want to do? We want to solve it. If the enterprises, if the public sector and the private sector know that this is a problem for women of color, where are the solutions? And why isn't anybody taking any time to develop some? Very interesting question. So that's what we're gonna spend our time on. We're not gonna address the National Women's Law Center today and what they're doing to help people with litigation cases. We're gonna move right into the executive uh, accelerator when we get to that. So what we know in terms of the, the outlook of what's happening, we know by 2024, 1.1 million, uh, uh, the US will be short 1.1 million STEM workers. I say STEAM because I don't know how you do STEM without arts in this environment, right? But we also know that there are public policy initiatives that promote diversity, equity, and inclusion, DOD STEM, strategic initiative. P President Trump has an executive order. There's uh, bipartisan congressional support. And even Seeley, uh, through our work, we've worked with Congresswoman Barbara Lee, who's been a good friend for many years, to develop the D Ron Dellum's bill to put more women of color into the uh, uh, DOD uh, senior executive pipeline. We know that there are four generations in the workforce right now. It's increasingly multicultural. Roles of women and persons of color are growing in relevance. 
for the corporations and federal agencies. And we know globalization is huge. Despite the, call, the calls for uh, nationalism, the reality is 26 people, 26 people have as much wealth as the bottom 50% of the world population. 26 people have as much wealth as 3 billion people. They're not doing it just through investing in US companies only. These are global enterprises. By the way, eight out of 10 people in the world are people of color. That means eight out of 10, eight out of 10 women in the world are women of color. Asia, Africa, South America, Mexico, soon America will be 51% women of color. That leaves Europe and Canada. Very interesting, isn't it, when you see that picture? Nobody's talking about that, really. Definition. This is the thing that drives me. It's, it's this notion of intersectionality, right? How many of you are familiar with intersectionality? Okay. This word is demonstrative of your reality. And the definition is, the interconnected nature of social categorizations such as race, class, and gender as they apply to a given individual or group regarded as creating overlapping and interdependent systems of discrimination or disadvantage. And for example, through an awareness of intersectionality, we can better acknowledge and ground the differences amongst us. And so, you know, as a young, type A, overachieving person, I've walked into very demanding worlds as a journalist and a lawyer and a lobbyist, making history ever since I was born. I was the first girl after five brothers, right? So the first thing I had to do was diversify my family's genetic pool, right? And so, but I, I you know, I, I felt myself kind of twisting and turning, right, in these environments where on one hand, I was black, so white people didn't quite understand my story. Then I was female, so men of every ethnic background, I don't use the word race to, for di to differentiate us because we're one race. It's called humanity. It's scientifically proven. It's biblically proven. We need to deconstruct the use of that term. It's a race can be considered a cultural construct, but not genetic. But not genetic. Let's stop the insanity. The only thing that's different about us is skin color. So it's really colorism, right? Let's stop the insanity. So intersectionality really explains all these different factors that affect you when you go into these enterprises. I didn't mention, the, I didn't mention class. My mother picked cotton in Mississippi. She had a second grade education. And I remember when I used water on my cornflakes because we didn't have milk. Well, I'm a top achieving student. I'm sitting in rooms with people from the country club, you know, it wasn't until more recently that that narrative became sexy, right, or, or hit, right? You're sitting in a corner, well, I don't want you to know I have water on my, right? So all of these things kind of play on your psyche when you go into these enterprises. And the term was coined by the sister at UCLA by the name of Kimberly Williams Crenshaw. And she's an American lawyer, she's a civil rights advocate, and I just want to acknowledge uh, her great work with this, and uh, in, in bringing this notion she describes it as a prism in which, or through which, leaders should look to really understand the totality of the forces at play affecting uh, a, a significant segment of the world's population. 
So don't look at us the way that you would look at someone who is white and male. Understand that we have different issues and different forces that shape and define us. And if you want us to come into your uh, operations and thrive, be intentional in considering our experience. And so sometimes, don't you all feel honestly, and you don't have to wait to hold your questions if you don't want to, don't you feel misunderstood? Don't you feel like they're looking through eyeglasses made for somebody else? That's what intersectionality is, right? Intersectionality is a change your focus, modify your focus to see me for who I am. Yes, I'm black, but I'm woman, right? I have, I come from a background that's, I grew up in the cornfields of Illinois, Decatur, which is one of the highest impoverished communities in the nation right now. I didn't used to be because of manufacturing, but that all died. So what we know about what's happening in our space, there's all this research that talks about inequity. The one that I found most interesting was the research done by McKinsey and Company related called the Women in the Workplace Report. Everyone should read it. Every one of you should get it, download it, and read it. Get to know it. They, they surveyed hundreds of CEOs and, and thousands of people, and they found some really interesting, uh, made some interesting conclusions about women of color and what's happening in the workplace. The other thing is the hashtag Me Too and the Time's Up movements. All of these things have, have garnered heightened attention and media visibility. This is our time. This is our time. Look at the number of people they're putting on boards now. My friend, Ursula Cousin, right? She was the head of the World Food Program for Obama, right? She was headquartered at the Vatican. Ursuline, I started out with Ursuline. She was just named to Bayer's board of directors. Go Ursuline. California now has a requirement to put more, every corporation headquartered in California, California has to have a woman of color, uh, no, a woman on the board. Now, if it'll be a woman of color is another matter. But this thing is huge. But I know for the sisters out here, when you all listen to time, hashtag Time's Up and hashtag Me Too, didn't you all say, but what about the black man? Did anybody say that? Or the brown men or the red men or the other men? Did anybody feel like until the R. Kelly story came out that maybe the media wasn't getting the, did anybody feel that? Was that just me going, huh? Hmm? Bill Cosby? But what we know when sometimes in these federal agencies, like, or in the military, or oftentimes I've seen the establishment put black men in positions and they haven't been helpers. Some of them try to rap to you. Come on now, let's tell the truth. Is this honest? Take you out for a date? Not give you a good evaluation if you're not willing to do so? Is this honest? I'm not saying all. I'm not saying, is it true? Is it true? Okay, so we, so, but, these are complexities associated with intersectionality, right? Okay. Asian men, Hispanic men, I'm, you know, I just won't pick on the brothers here, but, but there are cultural distinctions that have to be, that we have to be honest about across the board. And to ensure that our voices, our narrative, our life experiences are truly being considered holistically. That's the point of that. Let me tell you what I mean. So, if you look at what's happening in corporate America, 
this is a great chart on your left side of the screen. What, this is the report from McKinsey, Women in the Workplace. And what it concluded is, is that women of color are the most underrepresented in the corporate pipeline and get the least assistance and resources. Should underline this and get the least assistance and resources from senior executives of any group. This is McKinsey, LeanIn.org, the Kapoor Foundation and other organizations have, have made these conclusive findings. What McKinsey found in their study is, is that of all the women of color, black women are leaving corporate America faster than any group. And they're, they're not just leaving because they want to start a new business, that's part of it, but they're leaving because they're not advancing. They're not getting resources and support. They're not getting sponsorship and stretch assignments. Okay? And that kind of perplexes me, right? Because look at what's happening in the political sector. You've got women of color of every religion, every age, every income level, educational level, geographic level. Look at these images here. You've got Ilan Omar and Barbara Lee. You're listening to Solutions Fireside Chat. Leaky Pipes and the Women of Color Executive Leader Accelerator Program, featuring Anita Estelle. Brought to you by the Women of Color STEM Conference, uniting women in STEM by continuing the press for progress. Be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Diversity in the political realm, the number of women coming into elective office at the local, state, and national level is of historic proportions. The women here who have been recognized, hundreds if not thousands, 25,000 nominations, 25,000 nominations for awards of women of color at this event, were holding up the sky for every major enterprise in the world, but we don't own it. The finding that really stopped me in the tracks is the steep climb for women of color. Uh, I, as other women of color, expected to see a very low representation, but paired with such an unequal experience day to day, was shocking and was hard to read. It was hard to read that women of color systematically are less represented, less supported, and given less opportunities. We looked specifically at how women of color, so that would include uh, black, Hispanic, uh, Asian, uh, Latina, uh, and then there were others in there as well, that, would, that group versus white women. We know that women of color are the most ambitious, but the least likely to succeed. We also know that while women overall report that they don't have meaningful and regular interactions with senior leadership, uh, black women in particular are the least likely to have meaningful interactions with senior leadership. We also have some interesting learnings about where they go if they leave a company. So they're much more likely to actually say they want to go out and try to start something on their own. So you see this entrepreneurial flair uh, and this entrepreneurial notion in 
um, they're seeing challenges in the workplace and they have a steeper path to advancement. The pipeline data shows us that in terms of their representation at the beginning and every promotion along the way. But then they also have an acknowledgement that maybe they should go and create something on their own, which we think is some really interesting energy and an interesting finding from the report this year. For companies that really want to address diversity more broadly, it's of course about gender, but it's also about a broader conversation on inclusive work. You need to think about targets and tracking and progress, not just for women as a whole, but for the intersectionality of women and race to make sure that you're actually hitting the progress you really want to make and that you're aspiring for. Y'all thought I was playing and making it up. Maybe a little too passionate. <laughs> I'm passionate because I've been working 30 years on developing federal programs to move the needle. And when I wake up from my cocoon in the law firm, because I'm holding up the sky as an equity owner, and I step off, and I see that we're losing ground, there's no reason why we can't produce 50 women of color or black women uh, with degrees in computer science every year. There's no reason. I think I looked at the numbers, it's like two or three or four. There's no reason. So, the solutions. Because I'm a doer, I'm a maker, I'm an innovator. We created through Sealy a, a model, a prototype. What we want to do at Sealy is develop prototype solutions. If there are problems in areas related to civic engagement, women and girls, uh, or diversity inclusion, we want to design solutions that can serve as a prototype and that can be scaled more broadly. And so what we've uh, established is a model to put more women of color into executive leadership positions. And so it's called the Women of Color Executive Leader Accelerator. And so part of the reason why Norm and I wanted to invite you is to share this concept with you. One, bring it to your attention. Has this been helpful to you all? Has it been eye-opening? Do you feel like some of your experiences may have been um, uh, uh, affirmed here with this conversation that you're not living in isolation and alone and that your reality and your hardship or even the opportunities many of you may be experiencing, but that this thing is bigger, that it's systemic, that it's structural, because every sector has this problem with women of color. Every sector, public and private, financial services, healthcare, anything connected to STEM, Congress, the federal agencies, the selective executive service. It's not just you, as I sometimes say to the people I love, it's not just you, boo-boo. It's not just your organization. This thing is huge, you know, um, and, and it's very complex. So under the Wasella, the executive leader accelerator, because what I believe is if we can come together, we can accelerate. I'm talking about people from every walk of life, men, women, multicultural. Everything we do at Sealy, by the way, is multicultural. Everything we do organically from the ground up, okay? And everything has a leadership component to it and a civic engagement component to it. Tell me, and, and for the future leaders of the world, many of our students come from underrepresented first-generation college backgrounds, right? So they, if you're, if you're Indian or Latina, you may
may not have gotten to meet black people in your stovepipe community or your silo community. Well, if you're going to be a leader at a major corporation, guess what? You've got to supervise multicultural teams. So all that investment of family and friends and scholarships, we want to supplement that to make sure that women of color who are high potential get onboarded effectively, exposed to all the things that they need to, to achieve. So our mission is the Women of Color Executive Leader Accelerator. It's a collaborative public-private executive level leadership and innovation exchange with the mission to identify, co-evolve, and accelerate the adoption of policies and practices that advance programs relevant to policymakers and women of color in the, in the workforce. And so what I learned in a generation in the, in the wilderness like Moses, right? What I learned in that time in working with all these leaders in the public sector and the private sector is that there's a revolving door in the defense industry. You might work at DOD on the civilian side, then you come out and you work for Northrop Grumman. Then you might work at Boeing for a while and then go back over to DOD. And so there are all these, there's, there's, a, there's an overlapping now, you know, with Amazon and Google. A lot of the technology that has been developed, it was a black woman who developed the GPS. How many people knew that? What would you do today without GPS? For those of you, huh? Yeah, they're, they're, talk, they're, they're talking about, I, 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 said, I said this to a guy from the Navy uh, the other day, recruiting at the HBCU conference in Washington. I said, it was, a, it was a sister at the Army who developed GPS and a black man who invited the cell phone. Of course, she can't get credit because she worked for the federal government. I said, what would you do today if you didn't have GPS? It goes, I guess we wouldn't have maps. I guess, I guess you wouldn't have autonomous flying vehicles. You wouldn't have drones. <laughs> you know, Lyft is going to have totally driverless cars in two years. This woman owns none of it because she worked for the government. And so this public-private thing is real, and what we want to do is get information from multiple sectors so we can reach the furthest distance in the shortest amount of time. It's about the next and best, best practices. Some examples of our work, we had the first Women of Color National Policy Summit a week after the Hillary lost the election. We uh, launched in 2017 the only online public affairs, uh, news and public affairs platform for women of color in the world. We sponsored the Spelman Women uh, on a congressional intern in 2018, and then uh, working on legislation with Barbara Lee and others to honor my sponsor and good friend, the late Ron Dullums uh, from Oakland, California. And if any of you working on NASA ever heard about those three young girls that got hacked in the competition, okay, well, I've been their advisor, and, and, and I'm, uh, I am a mentor to their mentor, uh, Marissa Jennings, here in the photo, and she is a graduate of Bennett College from Women. So in terms, so all of these things have led to this, uh, this model of uh, Wasella. And we believe that we have a very unique and historic opportunity to tackle the tough issues together. And that's why we're inviting, we're inviting partners from various walks of life to work with us to align enterprise interests, strategic interests with purposeful efforts. As the people in McKinsey said, let's be purposeful, let's be intentional in uh, addressing these issues. Let's cultivate the high impact relationships and information exchange. Uh, doc, uh, Dr. Tabi Clayton and I are hosting an event on October 16th at Boeing offices in Crystal City. Uh, and that's one of the first installments. Identify and inform next and best practices relevant to marketplace needs and women of color. 
and participate in customized high potential talent early recruitment, retention, and advancement model. And our, our pipeline partner relationship uh, management uh, program is called Extra Stream, which is XXTRA, Women Taking Responsibility in Action. That's extra. And the XX is the chromosomal reference for female. And so in terms of our focus areas, again, we're looking at public-private sector briefings, the Leaky Pipes Initiative through Extra Steam, and the, which includes, these are a few elements, a six-week six immersive program, some rotations with uh, sponsoring enterprises, scholarships, leader development, and what have you. But the whole thing, and our model is different because we want to stay with the students. Not only do we want to identify them before any else, anyone else gets to them, we want to support them with scholarships and lead appropriate programming that are relevant to the sponsoring enterprises, be it the public or private sector enterprise. And then we will stay with that uh, talent for at least two years after their place to make sure that they get the sponsorships and the stretch assignments that they need and the commitment from the C-suite that they'll need coming in through the door to advance. Again, this is an issue of diversity, equity, inclusion. But it really is, as I pointed out in an earlier slide, an issue of national necessity. There's certain talent you cannot import, and H-1B visa will not work because of security. So we have a shortfall in, in a few years of 1.1 million people. That's a lot. So my thinking is, if we have a shortfall that we can forecast using all the algorithms and data that we know, if it's forecast, we know it's coming. What's the intervention? We need all the talent we can get. We should not be losing any talent. How do we make these workplaces more attractive to everyone? And when these women leave these environments to start their, so on one hand, you see all these sisters leaving, right? And I use sisters, you know, generically in the, in the broadest sense possible. You see them leaving, starting their own businesses. You look at the small business growth rate for uh, women of color, particularly black women. Again, the correlation is leaving a good job, starting your own business. Because you are, it's left such a bad taste in your mouth. You don't want to go work for any corporation ever again anywhere. So you start your own business. You follow your, your own passion. But a lot of these younger women in this new generational thing, they're like, I'm stepping off. I got my $100,000, my $150,000, and I've got $15,000 15, in my 401k. I'm stepping off. Well, don't take your 401k money to start a small business at 29 or 32, or 42, you know? And so one of the percentages was in one year, the growth of black women-owned businesses was 261%. And everybody's like, oh, I'm like, uh-uh. Read the fine line on this, right? So that's what we want to share. Another slide is of 35% of black women, this comes from McKinsey, said their manager promotes their contributions to others. 46% of men said their manager does. And so the question is, that I'm gonna leave with you all, is where do we go from here? But before I raise that question with you, I wanna go back to the slide with leaky pipes and walk you through it. So if you look to the left with the little blue icon, to your left, the bottom red line with the flashes, it gives you the number of entry-level women of color that came in. It was 17% for white women, 31%, 
for men of color, I think that's 18%. And for white men, it was 36%. By the time it was, they moved to the C-suite from the entry level, the, oh, no, num, no new people were added, right? The con controlled group was untouched. So what happened to the controlled group is 67% ended up, the white men ended up in the C-suite. 12% of uh, men of color, I'm not sure how that's broken down in terms of ethnicity, Asian, Latino, or and black. And then 19% for white women. And I think that's 3% at the bottom for women of color. Now within that 3% for women of color, that's where all women of color live. So the number for black women, which they have said, it wasn't black women on that interview. They said the numbers for black women are the worst. Meaning the darker you are, let's just cut through it. The harder the climb. It's colorism. It's not racism. Okay? So I just want to spend a little time. Everybody should study that, right? So we go back to the last slide. And the question for you, where we need your help, I need your help to grow this because we're building this organically based on a lean plan. What is it that the marketplace wants and needs? Our model for Wasella focuses on high potential talent college students in their junior and senior years. But I'm understanding from a lot of people that mid-managers are feeling really stuck and feeling like they're not going anywhere, okay? And so the issue for women of color, just to clarify, is not the issue of glass ceiling. Why is it not the issue? I, I pose a question to you. Uh, Monica, why is it not the issue of glass ceiling? That's it. Our issue is the leaky pipe. The pipes are leaking in such a way we never get to the room to deal with the glass ceiling. So when you hear people talking about glass ceiling, understand that. Well, <laughs> give us a chance to get up there. We'll figure out how to break it because that's what we do. But, and that's Maybe why we don't get it, because they know we, we, are, we are so inventive and, and creative. There's so much talent out here that's not being tapped. Yes, we have a growing shortage. We have a shortage. But we have a lot of talent that's not being tapped. And that's, we can help. We've already made significant contributions to the economy, in the country, we're, we're scientists and mathematicians. We really are. But we're not being tapped. And so I'll leave it here. Thank you for listening to Solutions Fireside Chat, Leaky Pipes and the Women of Color Executive Leader Accelerator Program, a professional development seminar featuring CEO of Sealy, Anita Estelle. If you've enjoyed this presentation, be sure to attend the Women of Color STEM Conference. For more information on how you, your company, or organization can take part, visit www.womenofcolor.net. For college students, contact us at 410-244-7101.